afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Well, we finished off this Wednesday trade with some higher numbers in the grain complex. Livestock as well, minus what happened in the hog trade. But some interesting things that we're going to look at. You know, we've been talking, especially as of late, of how these outside non-agricultural happenings are really affecting our grain and livestock markets. And definitely seeing that again as Arlen Suderman is joining us. And Arlen, of course, is with Stonex. But we got to start out. And, and you brought it up right away when you and I were talking this, this afternoon is, the Russian missile that hit that civilian ship and really how it took control of what we saw in this market trade. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily the first and the biggest story that was over in the bean complex, and we'll talk about that. But it is a significant story, particularly in corn and wheat, where we had such big short positions or sold positions by the funds, especially in Chicago wheat, um, where we saw those big short positions. And so... That was a case where Chicago wheat was pushing up against the 50-day moving average, uh, an attempt last month to hold a move through the 50-day moving average failed. So today was a chance to see if it could actually do it and sustain the move. And then on this particular day, we get reports that a Russian missile hits a, uh, a what do I say, a cargo ship in a uh, Ukrainian port, killing the pilot of the ship, report, uh, allegedly, and uh, that's a big game changer. Now, when you look at the video of it, it doesn't appear that it was a missile aimed at sinking a ship. Um, so you could say perhaps it was a missile that landed at the wrong place that was aimed at the port facilities itself, because Russia has been sending drones and missiles at the port facilities ever since the Black Sea Grain Initiative closed down back in July. They've been slowly destroying the the infrastructure around many of their key ports. So it's possible that it was a missile that errantly hit a ship instead of its intended target. But what it does show is the increased risks of ships coming into those ports to load up with grain. We've seen well over 50 ships coming and going here over the in recent weeks. Uh, they've become more and more comfortable moving along the shoreline from Romania along the Ukrainian shoreline to the ports at Odessa. And they've been becoming more comfortable that they could do so, even though there have been reports of Russia dropping uh, mines into the waterways. Um, you even had a couple ships that have hit those mines, and yet they're overall comfortable continuing to move to Ukraine to get cheap grain. But this increases the risk factor, just showing that if you're a ship moving into Ukrainian ports, you might errantly get hit by one of those missiles or drones. And so we'll have to see now if that has any real impact. Um, if it doesn't, if the ships continue to move, I anticipate we'll probably take this risk premium back out once again. Um, but if it does shut down the ships, then that kind of changes things. And we've got a lot more shorts that may come out of, especially the wheat market, but possibly corn as well. Short term, we see the reaction. Long term, this whole war between Russia and Ukraine is going to keep a toll and kind of some, some grip, shall we see on this market trade? Yeah, the market had become very comfortable with reduced trade out of Ukraine because they figured, A, we're getting along with the cheap wheat coming out of Russia, 
and corn and soybeans. There's plenty of corn and soybeans coming out of Brazil right now. But if, in fact, we shut down the movement of commodities or curtail commodities coming out of Russia, then that's a total game changer. Now, this doesn't do that. And the risk of Ukraine being able to shut down or curtail shipments coming out of Russia is still low. But the more this escalates, the more that risk goes up. And so it does show between that and the war in the Middle East now that these headline risks are continuing to slowly escalate higher, meaning that we have to be constantly on the watch for headlines. All right. Speaking of headlines, the other one that's kind of been looming in the background has been this weather in Brazil. They cannot seem to catch a break with any sort of moisture when you look at the central and western part. Yeah, and it is the center west of Brazil. Normally think of that as Mato Grosso, uh, but it includes some surrounding areas as well. Southern Brazil is excessively wet. I mean, we're talking about what would be a year's supply of rain in the Midwest falling in a matter of uh, a month and a half or so. So it's been excessively wet there. But center west Brazil, which is the most productive area of Brazil, is where it's quite wet. Mato Grosso is the largest portion of that. That's 1.3 times the size of Texas. Now, our Stonex Brazil team's customer survey this year revealed that farmers there intend to plant 30 million acres of soybeans, and with a trend yield, that would produce more than 1.6 billion bushels of soybeans this year. If um, That's more than what we grew this year in Iowa, Illinois, and Minnesota all put together. So right now, if we get rains, it would heal a lot of problems. They could still produce that big crop. But those rains aren't in the forecast, and temperatures are slowly rising up in the days ahead into triple-digit levels, and that's going to add stress to the crops. We know some have to be replanted already, and so that's a concern. China has stepped up and started chasing this market, stepped up U.S. purchases. That doesn't mean we're going to hit the levels that we need, but it is a move in the right direction with a tight balance sheet and the possibility USDA may lower its yield in tomorrow's WASDE report. So a risk premium was put into the market today. We're going to talk more about that and what might be happening second crop-wise as well. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of today's Channel Final Bell. Again, Arlen Suderman is joining us with StoneX. We'll get his thoughts as well as to maybe some concerns out there with the dollar. How's that affecting our market trade as well? Stick around. Lots more coming up. It's a Channel Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Of course, Arlen's with Stonex. And we left off talking, Arlen, about what was going on in Brazil with this whole weather. And I know we'd had some discussions um, earlier in the week kind of looking at the long-term picture should this dryness continue. And that include the second crop that we're going to see with the safrina corn and, and any concerns that might be happening and what that means to U.S. producers export-wise. It's just kind of like a multi-layered uh, of what could happen export-wise for us while still watching 
some very sadness happening because of the weather in Brazil. Yeah, as we came into this growing season, we were looking at an El Nino growing season. And even though it took some time to transition the weather pattern into El Nino, we expected by the end of the, you know, deep enough into the growing season that we would see good yields, maybe near trend yields, if not above trend yields, um, looking at past years. And then we'd move into the South American growing season. Uh, where they too would produce. We'd see Argentina after three years of drought return to normal production, both for corn and for soybeans. And then Brazil um, see good production, normal production, and really start to see both corn and soybean stocks rebuild once again. Back to you know, not initially burdensome level, but for corn, probably more burdensome than for soybeans. Um, but both of them building supplies. That has not turned out. First of all, this has not been a typical El Nino at all. It has been unlike any other that we can find as we look at analog years. And it's had other factors at play driving the weather besides just El Nino. Um, We don't have time to go into all those factors now, but the bottom line is the U.S. crop ended up a below trend yield, not the disaster that some feared earlier in the year of a repeat of 2012 by any means, but a below trend yield for corn, soybeans the same way. Uh, And that set the stage then for concerns about dry weather in Brazil for soybeans. But when I've been talking to our team in, in Brazil all along, they've said, yeah, there's some concern about soybeans, but our bigger concern is the Safrina corn crop. That is 75% of the corn production. It's their, what they call their winter corn crop because when they harvest their soybeans in the fall of the year, uh, which would be February, they turn around and have the planters following the combine and they plant the, their second corn crop. And so it's a totally different type of growing season than what we're used to. So the goal is to get all the corn planted by March 1st so that it then can get to the grain fill stage and far enough along its reproductive phase before the rainy season ends in mid to late April. Now, last year, we had delayed planting of soybeans, resulting in delayed harvest of soybeans, resulting in delayed plantings of farina corn. And they produced a massive corn crop. And that's one reason we're seeing such a big drop in corn prices in recent months. Um, but with an El Nino, you typically do get an early, a late start and an early end to the monsoon season there meaning the monsoons could end even earlier. So you'll plant late and you get an earlier end to the monsoons and disappointing rainfall quantities during that time. And all of a sudden you can end up with a very short corn crop. So that is their concern right now. I've been asked many times here over the recent weeks, what would make me turn bullish about the corn market? And I have to say, well, it would only be if we have a problem with the safrina corn crop, and that's still months away from even being planted. So although it's a risk, we really can't, can we build a marketing program on that? Even after today's rallies, I still have the same answer. No, you really can't. What about the dollar and having its effect on the way we see export opportunities happening for the states? Well, one of the reasons that Brazil takes so much soybean and corn business away from us 
is because their currency is so much cheaper than what the dollar is making their products that they export cheaper on the world market. And so that's a continual problem right now as they expand output. Um, and the dollar did pull back sharply after the last Fed meeting, but it's been bouncing lately, not because of a change in policy, but because the euro has been falling. And when the euro falls, that tends to push the dollar higher. So once again, hurts our competitiveness in the commodity space. Lots of things that we looked at today. What's the one thing you want folks to keep an eye on for the rest of the week? Crop report coming up. Um, do they cut the soybean yield? What do they do with the corn yield? Probably a little bit more biased toward to cut the soybean yield. And then that will really emphasize the weather problems in Brazil more. All right. Lots of great things, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on X, formerly Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. Of course, we'd like to remind you, as we always do, that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. Now, that's today's Channel Final Bell. It is brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professionals. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com. It's a free one. Go wherever you subscribe. It's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.